Hello, this is Miguel Magusto reporting for KFR News Radio. We are here live in Rome uh, at the recording of Roman Holiday, directed by William Wyler. Uh, we are seeing Gregory Peck and Audrey, Audrey Hepburn recording now. There goes Miss Hepburn on a Vespa. Mr. Peck is chasing after her. And oh my goodness, she has run into a food stand. The following podcast contains spoilers for Roman Holiday. You have been warned. <laughs> Yes, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KLR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. Hello, Glenjamin. Dear God, are the carnage on that Vespa has been insane. The Vespa. There the Vespa. Are, there, are, uh, uh, there are eggplants everywhere and lettuce heads. Oh, not my Just lettuce. Complete waste of food. When there's <laughs> children on the streets who don't look hungry, but they probably I don't know what accent that's <laughs> like. How into. you're switching accents midway yeah. through? It's, it's, it just goes <laughs> just goes from the fifty to like. Okay, now I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> What's up, yeah. buddy? <laughs> no, not too much. How you doing? I'm I'm uh, currently on the on the the better end of uh, the second vaccination right now and uh, oh were you one of those weaklings that actually had yes. uh, side effects i had weak blood yeah I, did. I, I didn't have any side effects to the point where i was just like did they just yeah. inject me with water was, or something it was basically it felt like i had a weighted blanket on me the whole day yeah. and i just like took a bunch of naps to like skip through the day yeah. so it was, it was really fun the most that i got i was really the the day that i got it i was really thirsty Mm-hmm. Assuming that like I was being dehydrated, so I just drank a shit ton, which is not much different than any other day. I drank yeah. I drank a lot of liquids, uh, and my arm was sore. And then the next day, literally nothing. Yeah, not a single once, thing. Once it hit that twenty four twenty five hour mark, I'm I'm feeling significantly better. That's good. Than That's what good. I was. Yes, not, but not that I was like dying in a corner, like. Yeah. But, but uh. Anyway, now we are both microchipped, and yes. this podcast is brought to you by Microsoft with Bill Gates, and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got a divorce, and I'm planning to marry now. I'm mm-hmm. so ready. Yes, share Mike. some of that that Microsoft money. I wa- I watched some movies. I'm not sure if you, you watch knew movies. That How many I did. movies? I you know, I've gone to the point where I've, I've started wanting to ask you because I just feel like I'm going to be disappointed. Well, I've, I've watched five, including <gasps> Holiday. That's more than me. Yes, yes it's actually pretty insane, uh, mainly because I'm doing an, a little series of one series of yes, movies. Yes, yes, I, I knew uh, this. I don't know why I was playing yes, the why dumb. Yes, I was so surprised. Oh. Uh, but the first one I watched was So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, it's starring Mike Myers. got Nancy Travis in there. Mm-hmm. came out in mm-hmm. 1993. I, this movie's referenced... A lot in uh, at least from my mom, she references this movie a lot. Yeah. Yes, and I thought it. I thought it was good. Like I didn't. Uh, I didn't think it was above and beyond. Like uh, how hyped up she uh, made it seem. Mm-hmm. But I, it definitely was funny. The fact that he's like a slam poet, like once a month, and has an apartment in what looks like San Francisco or something. Oh yeah, that that good old '90s economy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah, uh, but it was it was a genuinely funny movie with a nice little plot twist that I actually wasn't expecting. It's been a while. Don't tell me the plot twist because it's been I, a while I, since I I've seen it. But I, I I really enjoy. So I married an axe murderer. I wish and, I wish uh, he was in more movies like you know where he's kind of a normal person or at yeah. least was in normal. He's not really in too much now. He's like every record producer and every biography or. Uh, 
biopic now. Yeah, yeah, and he plays a uh, like an English sergeant in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, or a Scottish man, yeah. I mean, which he does in this movie too, but still. Yeah. Um, and then after that is like a, the series that I've been working on here. So the Resident Evil series, so that's been fun. I watched the first one, uh, and then I watched the second one. And then I watched the third one, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are getting significantly worse with each with each sit down. Did uh, Paul W S Anderson direct the first one? He only directed the first one so far, it seems. Okay, because I I know he from like at least five on he directed all of them. Yeah, because because like a it was it was weird because there was like a I guess one of the camera guys who's like uh, camera operators directed the second one which for his you know directorial debut was was pretty pretty good movie actually mm-hmm. considering uh, <coughs> but then the third one was somebody who, somebody who made like cheap well not cheap movies but cheap plotted movies it seems and yeah. then you know it's only gonna keep getting worse from there and there's I think there's six. Yeah, but uh, there's gonna be a whole series on that later. Um, and then I watched "See No Evil" and "Hear No Evil." I'm sorry, mm-hmm. see, "See No Evil, Hear No Evil," which was a hilarious movie. Those, yeah, I that, I love that movie. Richard with, uh, Pryor and Gene Wilder are amazing together. Yeah, they have they have several. I think at least three movies together, and they're mm-hmm. all they're all bangers. They're all great. They're all bangers. Them. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, I I love this movie, and uh, you know they they definitely pass as a blind and a deaf man so yeah. well it's insane yeah. they do really um, well in that film so yeah i really enjoyed that and then of course i watched roman holiday and mm-hmm. uh we'll get to that in just a minute that we will uh i watched four movies so you beat me this week granted mm-hmm. one was a mini series that was three hours long but you know it's whatever it's not a competition it is a competition I'm it's always a competition <laughs> I mean, I know that throughout the year I will have watched more than you, and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so I started off this week with re-watching Seven Samurai, uh, the uh, samurai film, obviously, from mm-hmm. Japan in 1954, mm-hmm. directed by Akira Kurosawa. Um, I had seen it a while ago, but I remember just being tired when I watched it, and I liked it, but like I feel like I didn't appreciate it quite as much. Uh, this time around, I was awake and paying attention. There you and, go. Uh, enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it this time around. It's, it's you know it's a masterpiece deserving of its glory and all the mm-hmm. remakes that yes. it has. The American remakes where they're cowboys and not samurai, um, which is you know honestly the fact that in the fifties or sixties when they made uh, Magnificent Seven, they were like let's make it cowboys instead of saying hey let's do yellow face. That's that's an accomplishment right there, I'll admit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they would have uh, done it, too, but I'm they, glad they didn't. They would have done it. So, yeah, Seven Samurai, great film. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, then I watched a true crime series called Sasquatch. Hmm. Uh, the premise of this is the uh, producer slash star of this documentary, docu-series, true crime series, uh, is talking about how he remembers in the in 1993 just sitting in a cabin having like done some uh research on this weed farm for he's a journalist uh in in Oregon this again this is before it was legal anywhere in the states mm-hmm. uh and um this these two guys ran into the cabin that they were in and started talking to like the owner of the farm and talking about how Sasquatch killed three people and Sasquatch the, that brute yeah like ripped him apart and everything like there's body parts on like 
10 foot tall plants and everything mm -hmm. uh so like it was it looked like bigfoot had done it there's track Jesus. marks everywhere and uh the the entire thing is him investigating whether or not that was true or if it was just like a memory that he created and it wasn't quite that like the guy definitely came in but maybe he was talking about something else because he only heard part of the conversation uh and is it, honestly legitimately best true crime documentary i've ever seen interesting uh, it presents itself as one thing this is gonna if you're a fan of like bigfoot if you go say, in, do you leave in, believe in the squatch i don't uh, <laughs> i i believe it's possible but until there is definitive proof that yeah. does not come out as being a hoax i will not believe it like if if they if scientists come out tomorrow and say hey hey look all these people were right the entire time i'd be like oh cool good for them <laughs> until that happens i do think it's um yeah you know although one person makes a very good point in this like the biggest uh argument against sasquatch is that no one has ever found a dead sasquatch mm -hmm. and he was just like have you ever been hiking and seen a dead black bear and i was just like true yeah, that's one hundred percent true. It's kind that of is, mind blown. Yeah, that is like a great point. I mean, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's kind of weird that we've seen more like whales beached yeah. than we've ever seen bears in the woods. Dead. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, it's, it's not enough to be. Uh, you know what? They do exist. But like, I understand why other people believe mm -hmm. they exist. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. So if you're into Bigfoot, go into this knowing that it's not really about Bigfoot. Uh, it's just kind of Bigfoot plays an element in it. Yeah, um, but there's a lot of people giving it bad reviews for the sole reason that it's not really about Bigfoot, and uh, th which is a dumb reason to give it because it's honestly, other than that, it's a remarkable documentary, better better than any I've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, if this was in theaters, I would have seen it, even though it's like three hours long. But Jeez. it's yeah, it's, worth it it's, though. Yeah, it's split up into three episodes on Hulu, so that's Sasquatch on Hulu. Highly suggest people check it out. Okay. Then I watched Roman Holiday. I'll get to that in a second. And then I watched Ringu, which has the most disturbing poster that I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, like the fact that I haven't watched four movies yet to get it out of my yeah. my, my tracking on, on Letterboxes. It's time to fix me. that. <laughs> uh, but it is, if you've seen the American The Ring, this is yep. the Japanese original version based on the book. So like it's the, both of them are based on a book, but this was the Japanese film that came first. It's more or less exactly the same, just with Japan instead of, uh, I think yeah. it's like the Pacific Northwest of America. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's really good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's probably not as scary as The Ring, but as, I do yeah. think... Uh, I, I think that that's just because of the, um, you know, budget... Yeah, reasons. I'm fairly certain I've watched that in the past, but yeah. I honestly I don't remember too much about it. Uh, Hiro Hiroyuki Sanada is in it, who plays Scorpion oh, in Mortal Kombat. I love that man. Um, yeah, he plays uh, like the ex-husband of the main character. Yeah, uh, who is the character Noah in The Ring with Naomi Watts? Okay. Um, you know, really good horror movie. It's I I honestly thought it'd be scarier. The ending is terrifying, but until then, because <laughs> yeah. if you've seen The Ring. Mm -hmm. Just the dead bodies alone are made of nightmares. Yep. In this, they just kind of have open mouths. Like, it's still pretty scary, but it's not, like, as deformed and terrifying. Just nightmare fuel regardless. Yeah, it's not It's not as nightmare fuel as uh, the, the American version. Uh, that's not knocking this one, you know. It's 
I legitimately think it was just a, a lower budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's all I watched this week. Uh, if you are a fan of an American remake, watch the uh, international original because mm-hmm. that's always a fun time to get the parallels. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad, Mike. Nice yeah, job. So that, that does it for the movies. Uh, you got some news, don't you? I do got a little bit of news. Yeah. Um, uh, as we know here, we're we're both uh, kind of fans of John Wick. I'd like to like to say I, f- I freaking love John Wick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they just hit us with a little bit of news that they're just gonna make me really really excited for the next one, even though I was already excited for the next one. Uh, our boy Donnie Yen is going to be in the new one, and that makes me happy because I love that man and love what he can nice. bring to any movie table, ever. And just show off his nice little flippy flips Absolutely. and shit. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Donnie Yen is spectacular in pretty much everything he's in. That's the guy in Rogue One, right? I'm not yeah, yeah, making yeah. it. Okay. He's the, he, the way the you said man. that, the way you said mm-hmm was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. idiot. He's the, he's the blind guy with the staff. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm a huge, I'm a, I wouldn't say a huge fan. I'm a fan of his. Yes. Um, he's he's going to be great. And I can't wait to see it for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any news, so uh, other than that, if we want to get into Roman Holiday. I think so. Yes. Audrey Hepburn now welcomes you to Rome as the captive princess who goes out on the town to have some fun with Greg as the bewildered bachelor who winds up with a royal blush. Very unusual. I've never been alone with a man before, even with my dress on. With my dress off, it's most unusual. Yes, it's the real lowdown on Her Highness when she turns into a pixie on the prowl, letting her hair down all the way to find the kind of forbidden excitement she's always longed for. Tell you what, why don't we do all those things together? But don't you have to work? Work? Now. Today's going to be a holiday. <clears throat> Roman holiday. A bored and sheltered princess escapes her guardians and falls in love with an American newsman in Rome. Directed by uh, William Wyler, uh, written by Ian McLellan, uh, McLellan Hunter for the screenplay, and Don Dighton uh, for the screenplay. Originally, the screenplay was by Dalton Trumbo. Yes. Uh, but they, he, they had to uncredit him because he was a... Uh, you know, he, he, he was blacklisted really at the time, but yeah. they re, re uh, they re released the film with his credit once that whole mm-hmm. stupid red scare shit went away. Yep. Um, and uh, the stars uh, Gregory Peck, Audrey Hepburn, Eddie Albert, and uh, just a bunch of other people yeah. in there. But uh, you know, murderous princess Anne on her little Vespa riding around. She's Rome. just trying That's to really kill the entire Roman population. Everybody. Uh, so when we when you and I first met. Uh, I gave you like a, a list of movies to watch. A few of them were old movies, and at the time, those were always like your least favorite ones to watch because you said mm-hmm. you weren't a huge fan of old movies. I've always been a fan of old movies. Um, and when I saw the beginning of this, I was a little worried because in the in the beginning of this, when she is just the princess, it seems very posh and very yep. like. It is a very slow buildup in the beginning. For it, sure. it is a very slow buildup, and like you, you see that she's kind of like, oh, like she's definitely tired with with being a a, a princess and everything. Yeah. But like, there's a, a whole bunch of movies like that where it just kind of 
continues on this Disney route. And I was worried it was going to be like that. Yeah. Uh, where it just kind of continued towards Disney. And those were always my least favorite old movies, were the super posh, fancy, elegant ones. I always mm-hmm. liked the one, the thrillers and the, the, uh, um, the comedies, but not so much like these romantic films. I, I'm I'm not a fan of romance in film to begin with. Understandable. It's just it's super cheesy to me and not real life at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely the beginning of this movie was a little bit a little bit rough until it started yeah. to get on its feet. Because the beginning kind of went, it could have went a number of ways that could have like very much dampened the movie. But luckily, it stayed on on its course, and you know things didn't get weird. Um, when she was roaming <laughs> Rome, um, and then <laughs> met uh, Gregory Peck's character, because um, yeah. that whole that whole interaction could have been weird, especially made in the fifties. Like it could have definitely been weird, but luckily mm-hmm. it, it kept on a nice little uh, route where he's kind of being like this gentleman, but also an ass to her. He's like, "Yeah, you're drunk. You need to go home." <laughs> and like, yeah. it wasn't like immediately like a. Uh, Hey, you want to come to my place and crash? Like it could have yeah, been like, like he, that. He was he was definitely concerned for her safety, but had little interest in her beyond making sure that she was okay getting home. Which which you know, uh, like you said, that could have gone either way uh, in the fifties, and I'm I'm glad it did go that way because when that happened, I was like, oh great, I'm not gonna like Gregory Peck's character, but I ended up really liking Gregory Peck's character. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, like, after he finds out that she's Princess Anne. Princess Anne is, quote-unquote, sick, according to her handlers. Yes, uh, very bad and, illness. Yeah, very bad illness. And he kind of he kind of gets the idea that she ran away and is just trying to get a new story. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he, the, uh, the photographer character, Irv, uh, played by Eddie Albert, um, when he keeps, like, almost bringing up the fact that she looks like princess Anne. yeah and he the the way that gregory peck character just keeps trying to change the subject like knocks him off his chair pushes things on him but makes it look like it it it, it was his fault yeah he's like you're uh, falling over young boy what are you doing yeah yo you slipped slipped i Uh, never did such thing yeah it was it was a a really entertaining film with that it's got a lot of really charming parts Mm -hmm. um and I'm really glad that it stepped away from that posh elegance yeah. uh, of the beginning. Um, and even when it went back to it, when she went back, it kind of had the facade of that because she was a princess mm-hmm. and dressed to the nines and all that and being royalty. But it never got that air of of uh, arrogance to it yeah, like it did in the beginning. It never went back that far to where it could have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this movie, especially the relationship that uh, Joe Bradley and Princess Anne had, or Anya, or whatever her, her alias is yeah, when Anya. she's roaming Rome. Um, but yeah, I mean, their their relationship was just so much fun, and just like uh, the things they were doing was so fun. And just Audrey Hepburn is like, I think this is like her first major film that she's ever yeah, done. Yeah, she was 24 when they made this. Yeah. And like, um, uh, that's like the reason why I picked it is because I watched an Audrey, Hep- uh, Audrey Hepburn uh, documentary like a couple months ago. So I was going to pick this like months ago, but I was like, I'll, I'll push it off a little bit. And yeah. then I finally got the uh, chance to. I'm like, we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, so like she, the way she carries herself in films is just like, she was just like, like a one and only like that's that's you know it's just audrey hepburn oh yeah there's no mistaking who she is Mm -hmm. uh, especially once she gets her 
patented short haircut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if she got that from this or if it was. Yeah, I'm uh, curious if she stuck with that after this movie. And she she, like... she's really known for having short hair. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not as short as it gets cut in this, I think. Yeah. Um, but but she uh, usually did have a lot of short uh, short yeah, hairstyles. Yeah. What well, whether it was like up to look short or it legitimately was short. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just kind of her thing. Um, at least that's what I think of her. I don't know if that I might be talking about my ass about that. Yeah, who knows? But like whenever I think Audrey Hepburn, I think short hair. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a pixie cut. Sometimes I don't even know if she had a pixie cut. That's just what I imagine when I think of Audrey Hepburn. Just short um, hair. So it was enough to make that impact on me at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah, she the way she just carries herself in these films and this one especially since this is like her first major one was it was really cool. You could tell like she had like a knack for just being like characters like this, like acting yeah. and stuff like that. And it was it was really cool to see because she she was just a fun, innocent character and it was great. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to be a princess anymore. I don't know yeah. how to do the female. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me of Chicken Run. I don't want to be a pie. <laughs> But yeah, like uh, just the relationship they had together was just so fun. And the way she carries herself throughout the whole film, it's just it's hard not to like be kind of invested in like what's going on because because mm-hmm. it just kind of attracts you in like that. Yeah, um, especially these two, like uh, even Gregory even, Peck uh, is, is kind of the same just in the. Uh, yeah. You know, the manly sense. He, yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, he's most known for playing Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he he needs to command that whole film, and he he kind of does the same with this. Like him, him and Audrey, chain uh, take turns commanding the screen, mm-hmm. and it never feels like one is trying to upstage the other, which doesn't happen so much anymore. But it used to happen back in the days. Actors yeah. loved upstaging people because I don't know. Uh, and I'm sure it still does happen, but like, it, it used to be a big thing where actors would just have like these mm-hmm. these work enemies because they it's were like always weird upstaging. Competitions. Yeah, it was, it's I I don't know anything about it. I just know that that was a thing. Yeah, uh, and that didn't it didn't feel that way with this, especially with them both being equally billed. Uh-huh. Um, and it it's he just was really fun to watch as well. The scenes that he's just in, he mm-hmm. seems like a, like a, a, a cool dude that you'd want to hang out with. Uh, even if he does have a gambling problem, it's not like with dangerous sharks or anything. He just has no money ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed their whole dynamic. And then even with Irv, when he would come in, it was the the characters were just great throughout yeah, this. Yeah, Irv, Irv was like such a nice, pleasant like little addition for sure. Yeah, uh, he just had such little comedic spots there and left and right, and it was mm-hmm. they, they were they were always fun to have in there, for sure. Uh, and just the relationship, all three of them kind of grew along the way. Just even if it wasn't like a like a love thing, like it wasn't overly sappy, you know. At least it at didn't least until go, towards the end a little yeah. bit. It well, even then, it didn't go to the impossible. Yeah. Like, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they share a kiss at the end, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't get to the point where it's like, "Oh, you can be my prince" or whatever. It, it's yeah. like, "Hey, this can't happen." Yep. Just because I I am royalty and you're not. Like, yep. I, I wish it could, but it cannot happen. That's that's and, why I like the ending so much. Oh is yeah, because... the ending was beautiful. I mm-hmm. really and, and the the fact that they, you know, he did all this legitimately to make money, mm-hmm. and decided to just 
say fuck it like that that was a personal time that she was going through yeah uh it, it, it was it was just a very human ending uh that was based in reality it yeah, was human like, and like realistic Disney. very yes very yes. much so exactly yeah i mean it's it's really hard to talk so much it's just filled with so many like cool moments like a day that you would want yourself i don't know about like maybe you specifically but just like going around being able to do stuff that you wish you could and not have or like be weighed down by things like you have to do in life yeah, you be know weighed down just, by security and diplo- uh, diplomatic yeah and just being uh, able to things. go out and enjoy just one good day before you know like like a little vacation but exactly you know so it was really nice to get that you know like that perspective in there and you just you just have fun throughout the whole movie and i mean it it i think i think the maybe the worst thing I could say about this movie is that it maybe was 10 minutes too long, like 10 or 15 minutes too long. I would agree with that, but like take it off of the beginning. Yeah. Like I, the, it, it takes a little too long to get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really do blame it on that beginning. That's like, you know, starts off as a newsreel. Um, I'm like, not sure the newsreel needs to be that long. I'm not sure that her opening segment needs to be as long as it is. Yeah. Uh, and then you could probably cut like a, a little bit out of his his get to the apartment faster. I don't think they got to his apartment until like the 30 yeah, minute mark. There's, that there's could definitely a bunch of here and there spots like you could chop up a little bit. But like that's yeah. that's the worst thing that I really have oh, to say I, about this yeah, movie. I agree. And, the, you know, the fact that like we could, and, and that was could honestly have been a studio decision where they're just like, mm-hmm. hey, especially back then when people went to the movies specifically to get out of the heat. Yeah, they, they they were just hey, this needs to be a little bit longer. Yeah, they loved their long movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if if I had no air conditioning and 100%. movie theaters, dude, I mean, I love movie theaters regardless, yeah. but I would love them even more if they were the only place that I could get air yeah. conditioning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I I fully agree that really the only problem problems is that it's like 10 minutes too long that could be taken out here and there, mm-hmm. uh, and then the beginning is just a little slow and a little too posh for yeah. me, but it also kind of makes its point. I think yeah. it makes its point a little too, uh, too, uh, like too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like you, okay, we get it. She's unhappy. Yeah. Can, can we get it moving? And, but it, other than that, I, I think it's a really great film. Yeah. Same, same here. Um, I don't, I don't think I have too much to talk about. It's really hard to like really describe, you know, so many things that you love about it without, you know, it's we could just literally be like, oh, this yeah. this, this gelato she got, it was great. Yeah, Legitimately, haircut, if we great. were to talk about it anymore, we would just be talking. We would be talking about every scene. Yeah, it was just and every like scene. not even like saying anything that we haven't already said. Just mm-hmm. be like, hey, this is what happens in this scene. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we could just move on to the judgment. Absolutely. Uh, Glenjamin Bynes, it is your turn because you picked this movie ah. to decide whether or not this becomes a shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. <laughs> so, I. Uh, I uh, I do think that it will be a shelf boy for me. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the ending kind of the most about this is that it was so realistic and wasn't like, oh, we actually have this chance together to like be together forever or anything like that. It didn't, it wasn't overly sappy and you know, yeah. they had their moment and they separate. It was super realistic and I really enjoyed it. And just throughout the whole movie, it was just, it was good fun. It was yeah. Good, good fun. And uh, it was, it's, I don't know if you've ever been to Europe, but it it has Europe. I guess this is kind of the thing for traveling in general Mm -hmm. where 
whether or not you get to stay friends with the people you meet along the way there, mm. you can have some like lifelong memories with people that you'll never talk to ever again. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and that's kind of the same for her where she like, didn't really have the chance to travel the way a tourist would. Mm-hmm. And she, she just like had just a strict regimented schedule every time she went to another country. And so really this is about someone who's never been able to go on a vacation, go on a vacation for a single day. Pretty and much. It's beautiful and it doesn't go, go out of the realm of uh, reality. Uh, you know, that's honestly what I love most about it. That ending is just so powerful where it's yeah. just they're there in that room and they're not acknowledging what happened with anything other than looks, looks and smiles. Yep. And uh, yeah, f- for that, I 100 percent agree that it becomes a, a little shelf boy. With the likes of Apostle <laughs> and Handmaiden. So, Roman Holiday does make it onto the shelf. That does it for that review and judgment. That brings us to plugs. Glenjamin Button. Hmm. Sure, Week. What is your plug? Ah, listen, I've, I don't, I've been listening to a song nonstop mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, week, and I mm-hmm, can't mm-hmm, not do it. Mm-hmm, and it's freaking me out. In mm-hmm, fact, I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to it right now while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's called uh, Coffee and Cigarettes by uh, The Night Game. It's just like a really... You know, low low tempo vibey song. You know, he's just talking about. It's like all I've got left is uh, coffee and so. It's just a really nice. Uh, well, I just cringe about to say this. It's a really nice vibe. It's really it's really Oof. cool. Yeah, I, I literally shook my head. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> it's like like I had something sour. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Uh, but no, it is it is really nice, especially like if you're just kind of like just hanging out during the night or anything like this. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have one in the background. So that's gonna be coffee and cigarettes by the Night Game. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my plug for this week, uh, I don't know if I don't know if we ever talked about this, but one of my favorite shows when I was uh, in college was Community mm-hmm. with uh, um, Donald Glover, uh, yep. Chevy Chase, um, uh, Gillian Jacobs, and uh, a bunch of other people that I can't remember their names at the moment. Allison Brie, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. I can't remember the main guy's name. Plenty guy of people plays, in there. Ahmed. But anyway. It was a great show for the most part. It definitely got weird towards the end when they kept j- jumping to different producers and everything. Mm. Uh, but they have a lot of movie references throughout the entire series. And I found this video on YouTube uh, called Community and its movie references side by side. And it okay. literally breaks down probably not every movie reference, but a lot of the obvious ones. Yeah. And puts it side by side what it is referencing. Mm-hmm. And that is on the YouTube channel Yaren Baruch. Uh, it is or Yaren Baruch. Uh, it is a small YouTube channel with mm-hmm. 144 subscribers, uh, and this is probably their best performing video. But yes, that is Community and its movie references side by side on the YouTube channel Yaren Baruch. Got and it. And it's just a fun little 14 minutes uh, reminiscing about that show. Mm-hmm. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle a moist towel. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with hair clippers. You know what I got for Christmas this year? It was a banner fucking year at the old Bender family. I got a carton of cigarettes. The old man grabbed me and said, hey, smoke up, Johnny. You know what I got for Christmas? It was a banner year at the Bender family. I got a carton of cigarettes. The old man grabbed me and said, Hey, smoke up, Johnny! Shirley, I have no idea what you are talking about. 
Thirteen. Two hundred forty-six. It's a reference. That's my humor. Abed, that's a show that I still have to watch. Like I've been, I've been, yes. like I said a couple weeks ago, I've been watching Scrubs again. Mm -hmm. So I'm just having fun with that. But that's like a show that I definitely have on my radar to give it a watch. Yeah, Community. I loved Community, mm -hmm. uh, especially the movie references in it. Um, and especially if you if you can watch anything. Yep. Like if I if I think there are three of them total. If you could only watch three episodes, maybe a few more. I don't remember how many there are, but watch the paintball episodes. Okay. They they have episodes where like they have a school wide paintball game, but the prizes are too good, so yeah. people go too hard and <laughs> turn the school to like an apocalyptic landscape. Gotta love it. And that's actually the first reference is one uh, the opening of the first paintball sketch is uh, they compare it to the 28 days later opening. <laughs> um, so it's it's brilliant. But yeah, if you only if you could only watch a few community episodes, find the paintball ones and watch them because they're works of art. Got it. Uh, but yeah, the whole show is great. So I do suggest that. Uh, but those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week. It is a pesky pesky streaming roulette. Yeah, it has done us dirty in the past. Yes, last past last time it was uh, it was a choice, and then it was the a time choice before that. It was a choice. It was it was a, uh, an independent film that uh, it had definitely had its problems, but I commend mm -hmm. the filmmakers for making it. Uh, but it's definitely not without its problems. But we are hopeful that this week will be a little bit better. We'll we'll see. We'll hold our breath. Uh, but yeah, for those of you who are not aware, we spin the very real physical, yep. definitely in my basement right now, mm -hmm. not on a computer Just screen. Right next to them. Streaming roulette wheel that has everything streaming on all the platforms that we subscribe to. Mm -hmm. We spin it three times and pick the best out of those three. Uh, it has to have be, be at least a year old. And yeah, without any further ado, let's go with this first spin. <gasps> Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. That is with Russell Crowe. What's funny, is I almost watched this like the oh, last yeah? couple days. So that would have been funny. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. I have seen it, by the way, just okay. full disclosure. Uh, if that, you want to take that uh, into consideration. Uh, 2003, that is on Amazon Prime. During the Napoleonic Wars, a brash British captain pushes his ship and crew to their limits in pursuit of a formidable French war vessel around South America. Do you hear how flawless that synopsis yeah, that was? Yeah, was, I could never do such a thing. I, I'm surprised. Like Usually I stutter at least once or twice, mm -hmm. but not this time. Uh, it is directed by Peter Weir, uh, written by Peter Weir, based on the novel by Patrick O'Brien, starring... Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany, James Darcy, uh, and I feel like there's someone else in there that's worth mentioning, but if not, Edward Woodall is the fourth person listed. Uh, so that is Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World on Amazon Prime. That is our first choice. Okay. Time for spin number two. Totally. <laughs> the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Full disclosure, oh I have also seen this. This is in my, like, top 50 movies. So, uh, I mean, it, but it might not make the shelf, though. That's the thing, if mm -hmm. Glenn doesn't like it. It is a silent film from 1920. Uh, it is available on Amazon Prime. Have I watched this, too? Did I... Did you make me watch this? Uh, I've definitely heard you talk about it, for sure. I love this movie, so that's probably why. 
uh, if I were to remake any film, it would be this film. Uh, not because it's not perfect, but it's just silent, and I think yeah. it'd be really cool to do with sound. Uh, hypnotist Dr. Caligari uses a Samnibalist, Samnibalist uh, Cesar to commit murders. It is directed by uh, Robert Vina, uh, written by Carl Mayer and Hans Janowitz, uh, starring Werner Cross, Conrad Veidt, who uh, played the Laughing Man, who was the inspiration for the Joker, for the, all you f- fans mm-hmm. out there. A little f- fun fa- fact right there. Uh, Friedrich Ferrer and Lil Dagover, that is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, on Amazon Prime, you—I I don't know if you were there with us uh, the day of um, shooting for Valerie, but when I made Valerie, Valerie's favorite film was *The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari*. So I yeah. showed—I showed the crew a little bit just so they could get a reference for it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if you were there that day, but I, I also I love been. this. I also love this movie. So, to, the real question is: Will this next one be something that I have also yeah. seen? <laughs> so we spin. Shall see. Spin number three. Oh my god, I'm not a fan of this this poster. The Phantom of Liberty. <laughs> what the hell? The Phantom of Liberty. This is the only one we haven't both seen. Yes, it's a French uh, film. It is a series of surreal sequences that critique morality and society in a stream of consciousness style. Uh, French name Le Fantôme de la Liberté. That's probably not how you pronounce it at all. It is di- written and directed, or directed by Louis Buñuel. Excuse me. Uh, written by Louis Buñuel and Jean Claude Carrier. It is starring Adriana Asti, Julian Berthaud, Jean Claude Brierly, and Aldolfo Celli. And that is. Uh, let me just make sure it is available on Amazon. Ooh, it looks like you have to buy it. Let's see. Oof. Give me a second. Oh, it's on Criterion Channel. Okay. So that's going to be on Criterion Channel if we watch that. Let me just make sure we got everything good. Uh, Okay, so yeah, Dr. Caligari is on Prime. Let me just see where Roulette takes us just to be sure. You can cut all this shit out. Oh, yeah, so Dr. Caligari is on Prime. And... Master and Commander is also on Prime. So, our three choices, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World on Amazon Prime. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, also on Amazon Prime. And The Phantom of Liberty, or Le Phantom de la Liberté. (laughs) That is available on Criterion Channel. Okay, well... uh, Which you have access through me, so... Yep, um, so... I think one way or another, I'm going to watch Master and Commander. If we do it for you know the podcast, you know that'd be that'd be cool. But the only one we haven't seen, both of us, is Phantom of Liberty. Yeah. So uh, my only complaint. I mean, I'm about cool that. with watching every single one of these, but yeah. Let's what was see. your complaint? Uh, I, well, I guess it's a comedy. It might be funny. I was just gonna say there is nothing about anything in the Phantom of Liberty that is appealing to me. Uh, that poster, I don't, I don't care for that poster, and honestly, that's enough to turn me away from it. Mm. Uh, but it is a comedy; it could be good. <sighs> I, I, I barely remember Master and Commander. Yeah, if that's anything. Um. So I'm leaning more towards Master Commander, or Cabinet Doctor Caligari, but also if you really want to watch the Phantom of Liberty, I'd be okay with that. 
was it's two uh, Master and Commander is two hours eighteen. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is an hour seventeen, and Phantom of Liberty is an hour forty-four. So, I wish I had like a little coin right now. Just start flipping. Uh, let's do Caligari. Fucking curveball! I thought you were gonna go Master Commander or Fan of Liberty. Uh, okay, yeah. I I mean I have this on Blu-ray, so that's gonna be easy for me to watch. But yeah, you can check out the Cabinet of Doctor Doctor Ca- da- Caligari. <laughs> that dick. You can check out the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari on Amazon Prime, or if you want to cover, come over to my house and watch it. I have it on Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, it's a very important thing that I got it on Blu-ray, and I have a lot to say about this movie because. I love it. Well, it's a good thing we have a whole platform. <laughs> but for it might not make the shelf. Don't don't you put that voodoo on me. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, without that, that, that's our assignment for next week. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari on Amazon Prime. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we get spooky but silent. Silent, mm. but with some music in the background, but silent and silent with uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm-hmm.